0: This is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast, or one of them at least. Um, I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined as always by the legendary former Manchester United defender, Paul Parker. Paul, how are you doing, man? I'm fine.
1: Thank you very much, Wayne.
0: Good stuff. Um, very positive podcast this week because of um, the events of the weekend. Before we get into it, please like and subscribe. Um, if you haven't already, really appreciate that. If you're watching live on very YouTube, very positive podcast this week because of, um, I can hear myself. The, the weekend. Before we get into, everything. let me just close that very amateur hour from me. Um, <laughs> close that. Made sure that that's um, so we're not even two wins, which is you know one's bad enough. Um, if you if you're watching live like I was like and subscribe um, and we get your questions in as well, because we'll be answering them as we go along. Um, if if I'm working out how to get to them now, so that's great. Um, we're always brought to you in association with Classic Football Shirts, use TOTD10 at checkout um, for, for a discount there, 10% discount. Um, and as always, want to give a little shout out to Duncan Edwards Foundation in Dudley. They recently um, celebrated their first anniversary of being open. so. Um, Google them, find out more about them, the museum is in Dudley, it's literally a kick away from the Duncan Edwards statue, they do a lot of great stuff in there as well. Um, yeah, before we start, the recent stuff on the website and the, the podcasts, on Friday's show, Keenan and Phil Marsh talked about Phil's experience with Roy Keen. Paul, an incredible story, Phil walking outside, uh, walking out Carrington, Phil picked up um, Roy's wage packet by mistake, and had to go back in to hand it to Cath, and when he did roy was there waiting <laughs> so you can imagine he was terrified But the stories on the podcast um elsewhere on the website i was also on the channel last night with dave murphy um there's um feature pieces on roy keen on the website frank or farrell on the website gary cook recalling the game with leads in 95 96 which prompted fergie to come out and say that Leeds were cheating the manager. Paul, you were at the club when that happened. Um, obviously, they, it'd been a running thing uh, with United and Leeds. I think before we played them at Christmas, I think you played in the Christmas Eve game. Um, at the week before we played that, Leeds beat Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, they lost Sheffield Wednesday six-two, and then they came out and they like played like Prime Barcelona against us. So that stuck in Fergie's mind. So when they came, we came to play in Old Trafford. And then they, like, again, played, like, prime into Milan with Catanasio, even with Radderby in the net. Um, And then afterwards he came out and he said they have to play like that every week. You know, they basically cheated the manager they should be a lot higher in in the table. What did you make of that? I've talked to some of the Newcastle lads and some of the Leeds lads from that time who, you know, thought, you know, Got the gamesmanship, and they sort of saw how Keegan reacted to it, and the Leeds lads were a bit um, offended by it. I talked to Brian Dean; he was like, "You know, we obviously we were offended by that, so we wanted to go out and play, play well against Newcastle, which was obviously the the aim for that." But um, for you, that was really the birth of the mind games, wasn't it, from Fergie? And um, it was a bit of a masterstroke.
1: If he a hundred percent meant to do that, then it's. You know it worked well, didn't it? It all come out, um, it all come out, all come out really, really well. But I'm sure he, yes, it, it definitely was in that sense. You can say call it a mind game now, but I think he just stated the truth really. When you do look at situations, how us as players in certain games, you've got a big game, and all of a sudden you're getting everyone top of the tree. I mean, I, I think about you know playing against Manchester United as a as a Queens Park Rangers player you know, to go to Old Trafford or for United to have come to um, Loftus Road, as it was known then, you go, you lift you lift yourself. You just can't wait for that game. You want to walk out, you want to play at Old Trafford and you want to play against Manchester United because you know it's going to be a full house. But then the, the next game, all of a sudden, there's a change. It, it, it's a, you just don't go that way. It's, it's human nature. It, it does happen. It can happen and it will always happen with players, how they... Certain games come along and they raise themselves and all of a sudden the next game comes along and then it's harder then for the manager. The manager then has to earn his call by trying to get the players going, motivate them. You know, that's where your work comes in. And, and all he's done really was question players. That's all he's done. He's questioned the players. He's, he's kind of maybe saying or thinking, well, no, Santa, he said it, didn't he? Maybe what, the, what their manager was thinking, to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest, it's just that he bit. Yeah, he, he bit on it. It's as, it's as simple as that, and, and and it has gone down in history. We see it, you know, if you don't see it 10 times a year, then you're watching the wrong channels because it always pops up. If it's not popping up on TV or come out, someone will use it somewhere along the line on Twitter or Instagram.
0: Yeah, what what did you make of it when Keegan, when he did buy it, when he, you know, came out? Oh, I'd love it, I'd love it. Are you thinking titles, hours, you know?
1: I am. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said that then. It was just one of those things that you think yourself. Thank God it isn't. That isn't my manager doing that. You know, there's there's having a rant and is going going at people is what the boss had done on numerous occasions, or had to go at the person asking the questions because he's felt they've asked him something silly. Um, and you think, okay, but for someone to come out like that, because straight away that put I think more pressure on the new Newcastle players than what it did maybe. Not definitely didn't affect um, Manchester United. didn't Didn't affect us at all, really, in that sense, because it was about them. They mostly some of them were think, like thinking, "Wow, what's he going to done that for?" You know, yeah. and they they had no great history in being in that position at the given time. They was under pressure because they let a few points slip away as well. It was really not really when you look at it now what Newcastle needed. They didn't need to draw to be drawn into any more. Um, any more? Well, didn't want any more onus on them on the fact on the or so they already had the the big bit already overhanging them because they would given away they've given away a massive gap, had not they?
0: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because yeah, I've written books on every subject United imaginable, so it's no surprise that I've, I've written one on that season. And why I found looking back at it, and I, I remember at the time obviously I'm young, but it was like 25 years ago now, and I remember at the time. Keegan sort of around Christmas time, wasn't it? He was saying things like, Oh, even if we don't win, we've, we've been in a good race. And it's like, you're 10 points in front. You don't talk like that. They just didn't have the mentality. And I think that's probably where Fergie looked at it and thought
1: we can get them, get them and get
0: at them. here." Do you know? I mean? Yeah.
1: I mean, that's one thing I always know. There is always that um, experience of being in a position to know yeah. how to deal with certain bits when it, when it arises and, at that given time, we never had that in '91-'92 season. You know when, yeah. we, when we, you know when it happened that way, and when when the opportunity come around again, and we did, you know we didn't we didn't have the easiest of times during '92-'93, and there was moments where certain bits happened, where the previous season we didn't know where to go, how to deal with it, you know physically or mentally, but second time around we knew how to deal with it and get through it. And it does make experience makes a, it does make a big difference. As much as people will sit, you'll see people sitting in chairs on TV and talking away about it. For the players who are sitting there who have done it, and then the one sitting there who hasn't done it but talks about it, you always listen to the one who's done it because there is definitely more about it, a lot more to listen to and to understand and to take on board than a person who's talking about it who's never won a league title. Yeah,
0: um, that can apply to pretty much all of the squad that we've got at the moment, apart from David De Gea, I think. It might be the only surviving one. Phil Jones, um, the much maligned Phil Jones. Um, let's let's get on to the um, game. It's obviously a good one to discuss. Um, you covered the game for Talk Sport. Um, talk to me first about the sort of build-up to that, because it's very different. Even when you're watching from the studio, the fact that there's a crowd there is just... It, it makes it a different beast, doesn't it?
1: Oh, it does. You know, you... Well, it's real, I mean, you know, we had that, you know, you had, you know, you had the backing, you could hear it, you know, the, the tape recorder going in the background of a, a supposed crowd and that, you know, that system all of a sudden there's a shot of gold and, you know, a millionth of a second later there's a, ooh, something like that going, and you think, oh, no. It's just a noise in the end, which kind of in a way try to keep you going, but when it's real and everything, you know, and you can hear the anticipation of the crowd as things are starting yeah. to happen, and that's something which... You can't you can't make up you can't try and add that into into a game it's something that is quite random it's something that you can't make just the different noises that come out when when teams are going forward like United were going forward you can maybe just feel that suddenly people are getting off their seats because they think something's going to happen especially the people in them behind the goal because all you need is one person and it ends up like a Mexican wave doesn't it because you have to stand up just to see what might happen because the last thing you want to do is have to hump, sit down because mm. you can't see, and all of a sudden they go and score. You would never forgive yourself because you cannot get a replay up, can you?
0: Mm. Well, killing um, not Old Trafford. You can't because there's no no video screens no, there. Was- before, before we talk about the game, though, like, he talked about like all sort of the buzz around that, and obviously they were given the massive buzz when Rafael Varane was announced just before kickoff. Look, a lot of stick for United for the delay, and from what I gather, it was a shared responsibility. I think it was some hold up with the home office as well but considering that he couldn't play on Saturday for whatever reason that's got to have been the best way to announce the signing right get the crowd up even more
1: yeah it's, it's one that come out come out the blue because because the person I was, was was asking the person I was working with was asking the question what's happening there why has it taken so long and the only way I'd, I mean it's, it's you know everything's having problems at the moment getting in and out of um, the UK at the moment. I think the bloke put that down on Brexit, but the only problem is, is that we know that Varane didn't come across on the freight. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, if he did, he could have been stuck at the port a long time. That could have been the problem, especially if he arrived into a port in Liverpool, then they would have kept him there. But, um, <laughs> but you just think, so why is it going? Why is everyone else just getting things over the line a lot quicker? You look what Aston Villa done when they made their sign, is it bang, bang, bang. And yeah. I just always look at it, a lot of it now, is the amount of people involved in the deal you know, you have to, if there's so many people involved, you have to feed so many people on the way before that player, everyone goes, yep, signs off on it and bang, it becomes your player. But going back to what you said, it was a great way of doing it. You know, you know, home, at home, playing Leeds, crowd are up already, everyone's pleased to be back. And all of a sudden then you, out of the blue, you bring on a player, a centre-half, that everyone's been looking for a centre-half with a, with a fantastic CV. Um, and everything just, it all fell into line really. Everything was just, just went perfectly. From, from that moment on, United gave their best home performance in 18 months.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were brilliant, weren't they? Yeah. Uh, the, the football, I thought the football in the first half was fantastic.
1: You should have, should have gone in at half time more. I and mean, that's the thing, it allowed out of the blue, it allowed Leeds to come back into it. Could, if they'd have gone in at half time 3 0, no one could have had any complaints at all.
0: Mm, no, no, you're right. Um, they, I, I want to say profligate. I, I think Greenwood, the chance that he had maybe came a little bit too early in the, you know, like 10 minutes into the season. It's like, oh, oh I've got a chance. Um, Pogba could have done a little bit better with this chance, but um, by the time he's got the ball out of his feet, the goalkeeper's there. But yeah, the second half performance, in, in particular, the reaction to, to their equaliser, because the 15 minutes after that, it wasn't just good football, it was clinical football, wasn't it? It was like, that was United at their best, because you've seen them every time they cut them open, they like they were going to score, and they did every time. Um, Greenwood, obviously, with that great goal, but, um, you know, it's Fernandes and Pogba who take the, the plaudits of the day. And to talk to me about the football. The second half. We'll talk about the individuals in a in a moment. But you, you mentioned they're the best on performance for 18 months, and probably going back before that, really, because they the optimism and the bounce around it was so strong, and the way that we played was so good. Um, just a joy to watch, wasn't it? Particularly that second half.
1: It was. And I mean, the last season and that, the last season and a half. We, we, um you watch United play at home and it, it hasn't but it what never been entertaining to be perfectly honest. It wasn't entertaining one because there weren't no fans in the stadium and two because it was it was hard work for United ever to get to where they want to be as a side that counterattacks would pace and there was mm. so much pace and everything that you know, Leeds have made the game quite big which, which they I think they try and do that, but at the end of the day there was more energy in the United team to, you know, to run into those gaps, to um, exploit those gaps. Um, And then when it mattered to be clinical with the pass and clinical with the finish, and that's what it was. And it was Pogba clinical with especially two passes he made. They were incredible passes, the kind of passes, one of them behind the centre half was just horrible because he must have felt like he was he was there. Bobbing, bobbing in the water without a life jacket on because he he could just see it, just there that little bit of land to grab onto, but he couldn't grab it because it was mm. just sort he just wasn't he wasn't getting close enough for some unknown reason. He was treading water when that ball went inside of him, and he didn't have to be the quickest player. And um, the worst thing for him, it was like Green were going in behind him. But wow, I mean that was that was a great pass by Pogba. But United, you know, as a t- I would say. That is their best performance. I'm, I'm saying 18 months because previous to 18 months, I've forgotten what's happened then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just, you know, that, that's gone. That, that feels like five, ten years ago now. But over the last 18 months, which is more easier to remember because there wasn't fans in the stadium and everything with football, there wasn't great football played. So this was an incredible, incredible performance. Especially when at home they weren't playing well. There was just about getting over the line. You saw glimpses of quality, but it wasn't consistent enough now with a performance like that. That that's a that's a big statement. And now for every United fan, they're gonna to want to see that kind of football, something like that again, because there, a lot of them would have been reminiscing about when Sir Alex was in charge about that kind of football.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Russ says, um he's talk about the Varan signing. Um, it's a story with the players in the club how we re- reveal them um, it's not media driven, more behind closed doors, the club's admin is having a great time at the minute, <laughs> which is probably right, um, although I would say like that, that was what made the Varane signing so special, that it was like a, a throwback, like the Brian Robson people remember, Robson signing on the pitch, so a bit of a throwback to Yeah, that.
1: the bonus was though, that at least they didn't make Varane come on the pitch with a big perm
0: <laughs> That's the, yeah. the era of the day, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps Rubble regrets that one. Um it was stylish back at the time. I don't know oh, it this was there, but um yeah, you mentioned Fernandez and Pogba. you mentioned the performance. Um I think the stat is that under between Moise and Mourinho, we we scored five goals on two occasions. That's in sort of like five years, and then under Oli, we've already done it. Um 10 times, which is it says a lot, but I mean, the goals themselves don't speak for themselves. Um, the performances do, and you know, that obviously scored five in all his first game, and then in the sort of it's not always been five goals, don't get me wrong. There's been some terrible football in there as it's been disjointed as we've been moving along, but the point is that it does feel a lot more like United. Um, he's put a lot of confidence into these individuals. Um, one of those, Paul, um, and we've talked about him many times, Paul Pogba, for me. We'll talk about Fernandes in a moment, because how can you not he scored a hat-trick, but Paul Pogba is the one dominating the conversations, and I think rightly so, because for me, that's his best performance for the club, and I think by a distance as well. I thought he was outstanding. You mentioned the pass for Greenwood. That's one of the best passes I've ever seen at United. The the actual pace on it to sort of slow up just before, it's perfect for him. What an absolutely extravagant pass. The only frustration for me is that he played on the left. Do you know what I mean? And you think, well,
1: where's he going to put, you know, do you, do you build well, that's the team on your That is the big problem, Wayne, at the moment in time. When you've got a player like that, you you know that you've got to get him on the field. You have to have him on the field. And at the moment, Oli needs to really rethink what he's going to do about his midfield to make sure he can get Pogba in, into that somewhere so he's got more freedom around the middle to play rather than him. Because he come in, he come in in the end to get, to get himself more in the game. Him being out wide, it's a waste. It's an absolute waste because you're not going to get enough from him, get him in the game enough. And if you get him integral, you get passes, the opportunity to pass like that more often because the likes of Greenwood will make that run because it was Greenwood's run that made the pass. Yeah, You know, as good as that pass was and we saw it, it was made because Greenwood had made that run early and it gave Paul Pogba the opportunity to play that pass. Whatever way you look at it, they both needed each other for us to be sitting here talking about that pass and what it, and what it turned into the making of a goal. So, do you um, think,
0: do you think that Greenwood's performance helped Fernandes then? Because his movement was, I could count at least twice where his movement provided the opening. for Yeah, Fernandez. he wasn't,
1: he wasn't doing that last season at Greenwood. He wasn't moving around. I mean, I, I keep on about it. And when I went to that game, at, um, Queens Park Rangers, a pre-season game, that first 45 minutes, I was watching him playing through the, playing as, he sent centre-forward, and his movement was absolutely incredible. Just in PR, but it was QPR, it, but you still have to move. And, that, and they, they realised that the QPR fans, how good a player he is. And I saw a different Greenwood in that game to the Greenwood I was seeing, who I was kind of saying next season, oh, you know, sitting there watching season he's never going to be a centre-forward. He made more movements in that QPR game in a centre-forward role than what Martial's done for two seasons, trying to threaten to be a centre-forward. You know, there's, you know he's, he was absolutely different class as he was. when he, he. The only thing against Greenwood, I would say, at the weekend was he wasn't in the game enough. It's second half, he took him a while to get into the game. But every time he was in the game, you're just going, everything was just, wow, his movement. And when he gets on the ball, he beats people so easy. The nutmegs on the halfway yeah. line leading to one. It's just incredible. So instinctive. Something that, that Ryan would have done. Just that just happened. Someone's dived in, oh, I've got him here, easy. And he goes on a half turn, and he puts it through his legs, and then he's running into space. And when he's running into legs, you into space, and he gets close to goal. You could you just felt again with with the fans in there, they knew that he was going to get a striker goal. They just knew the way he moves that he was going to get a striker goal. And you think about one in the second half, the ball just popped out, and he just gone bang. He's hit it first time the keeper. Was just there, He's just watching it go by and thinking, himself, I hope that doesn't go in," because he hits things so early. Goalkeepers can't react to it. Defenders struggle. Defenders are yeah. still struggling because they don't know what his best foot is.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. I I, I think you're right in what you're saying that perhaps perhaps it was a it took him a long time to get that chance at centre forward. Martial had a lot of chances last season. Then Cavani came in. And I think up to the game, a little bit like when Fernandez came in and you sort of realize, oh, well, that's what a number 10 should be doing. That Cavani came in, he's like, oh, that's what a centre forward should be doing. And mm-hmm. it looks a little bit like Greenwood's been taking notes from that. Um, you know, and sometimes he does need that example. He but did. I mentioned mentioned Greenwood, you talked about him there. And I, I sort of talked about the involvement that his movement had in in two of Fernandez's goals, the first and the last one. I think I think that's right. Certainly the first one because Greenwood moves out of space and it gives Pogba the opportunity to. The defenders are distracted by where Greenwood's gone. It gives Fernandes the opportunity to run into that space, which I I don't think he get that selfless movement from Martial. I'm not saying that Martial's running isn't good or that his positioning isn't good, but I'm talking about selfless movement. Greenwood's he's watched what's happened. He's given Fernandes that opportunity, and that's it's. No coincidence that that was probably Fernandez's best performance for a long time as well. You know, he was absolutely outstanding, and and the third goal, you know, the one that was lashed into the net, um, that was a sort of example of what to expect. But I was talking about this with Dave Murphy on our the podcast that we did yesterday. Um, do you think that there's this is the key distinction between him and Cantonal? Um, Cantonal Cantona would elevate players around him. We've talked about him before. You know, like he'll ele- he elevated Mark. Hughes, he elevated Giggs and Kanchelskis because he played as this sort of deeper player. Fernandez doesn't do that, but when the other players are on song, it makes a better case for Fernandez, if you get what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he needs them to do that, he does improve the team, but he also needs the players to be around him to be yeah, better. He, d- and he can be at his best.
1: Oh, he definitely does. He needs the players to to cr- create space and to be honest, just be just be a little bit um, unselfish really and just move just make just false movements and Eric in the end when Eric comes in, and you've got someone like him you believe that he could as I said last week I he could make a pass and turn his foot around and back heel it it he could do some it just the way he, he was set up and he would always believe no where he believed he you could he could play the ball and it needed people just to make those runs to do it some you know it was a lot of it was off the cuff and you can't coach players like Eric. I think someone like Fernandes, you can show him, but I mean, in certain ways, Fernandez, his ability comes from playing in the street as well yeah. because he improvises. So do, there's coaching and, and coaching only goes so far. But if you haven't got ability like what he's got already when he sees passes and some of the things he does, you go, oh, my! you could see when he he passes balls and there's no one in it. And he virtually, he's done that because that's, that's where's their space. And he's leaving yeah. people just Use the word gamble to run in that, in that having that belief that he can do that. He's senior, and if he doesn't work out that way, then you got to do it again. You got to trust him that he, he's gonna, he's gonna realise it, and he'll keep trying to do something like that. You just got to believe. And um, when you look at Pogba's ball to Greenwood, Greenwood made that run because he had a belief that Paul Pogba could make that pass. None of us like running for the sake of it, but part and parcel of football is you have to do it, and that's why sides sides become great size because players believe in each other that someone's gonna has got that in his locker to go and do it and with Fernandes you know he's got that Paul Pogba's definitely got it and all you've got to do is keep him entertained keep him active and he'll do it for you and the only thing missing from Paul Pogba's game is consistency mm. that is all that's missing. His next the next game Manchester United got it's important that Paul Pogba's involved all the time with the ball. You keep giving him the ball and then he'll, he'll start enjoying himself and that's when you're going to get the best of him. Now, it's easy, you know, in a week's time we could be sitting here and we could be negative about him it because he's a poor substandard performance. Mm. You know, that's, that's the way he is. At, at this moment in time, it's hot and cold. He could be he could be great for United. No, he's a disappointment for United. People are scared to jump, on, jump in that bandwagon with him on the positive side because they're worried the repercussions of what might happen if they do, because so many times it has been there and it's come down now. Um, what I saw yesterday, as you said earlier, Wayne, was his best performance for Manchester United because he was in the game for a long for long periods. He was integral of everything they'd done, with and without the ball. Now, Ollie has to make his mind up about how he wants to play, and if you want, because I still believe they need someone else in that midfield. And that someone else comes in, Paul Pogba's in that midfield, and he's got to take away one, as, as we see him, two very defence minded midfield players. Yeah. That what do you think
0: about this? Sorry to interrupt, but while yeah. you talk about that, I was going to bring this up. Um, Varane coming in is obviously going to have, add some stability to the back line. Don't get me wrong, this isn't. I'm not digging on Lindelof on this. I thought Lindelof no, was
1: I've superb. got an idea where you're going, but go on, carry on.
0: Yeah, well, I, it's an obvious point. Varane adds stability to the back line. So you possibly don't need McTominay and Fred. So let's say for argument's sake, you tell McTominay, spend six to nine months with Matic and Darren Fletcher who was at the club, learn a little bit more about positional discipline, um, screening that area. Ben Allen asks, uh, you put a question in the comments about, um, about signing Ruben Neves. And I think we both agree. Yeah. Neves is a good signing, but if you don't sign him and you need a player to sort of act as that holding midfielder, Vran technically says that you only need one holding midfielder. So that could be McTominay if he learns his positional discipline, which gives Pogba that opportunity to play in that deep midfield role. Is that something, you know, obviously that's a change in formation. It's a slight change in system because it's United taking more impetus and a more... A more proactive approach with the team is that something that United can afford to get away with. I know that you've said before about McTominay's limitations. But I'm sort of theorising here. Do you think that there's a scope in there of the players that we've got? McTominay is the one that you could say you can learn something, you can add something to your bow, as long as you're more disciplined with your positions to allow someone like Pogba to to create damage.
1: I would. Um, I would. Yes, I, I can see where you're going, and I think at home I believe that's something that they should seriously think about doing that, especially playing at home. In that sense, um, for some reason we we don't have these. They don't. We don't seem to, or any team seems to have this kind of all-round midfield player. You know, they suddenly disappear for something. The Brian Robsons, the Roy Keynes, the Paul Ince. Yeah. people don't seem to want them anymore, which doesn't make any sense to me really, because they're proven. You know they do work. You've got kind of like in a certain way, you've got a bit of a um, a kind of a Declan Rice kind of player who can sit there but can surge forward and willing to do that. I'm still a a fan of Basuma at Brighton. Yeah, good athlete. He can get up and back. He can work well in in both both areas of the park, the defensive side of the the um third and the um attacking third because he's got good feet. He's he's the one for me, very athletic, who can do a good, who can do a job in there. But with Verani now, with Maguire, yes, maybe at home, it, it was a few worrying points in the first half when I'm trying to think if I get his name right. It was I don't know if it was Rodrigo or the other one. Um, I've forgotten his name. The other the Brazilian, Rafinha. Yeah. yeah, he was getting a lot of space in the first half. First half yeah. up going against um Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire was struggling. Because um, Luke Shaw did what he hasn't done for a little while. He went missing for a while. He went wandering, maybe pushing on a little bit too much. And they just exploited it. Lucky enough, they didn't have the quality to get by to take advantage of it. But I think at home he has to he has to play that way, that way at home more, a little bit more progressive and braver at home rather than having two players. I mean, Fred Fred scored a wonderful goal to be perfectly honest. Don't want to take too much away from him. I, I like him. At a high tempo game. Fred is brilliant when he plays in high-tempo games, but when games are slowed down, that's when Fred's biggest problems all seem to come out. So I think United have to be that way at some point. He's going to have to go, go without one of them, and then that might help him in the sense of United would be better. Because you don't, as much as anything, two holding players. Players don't tackle anymore, and what you're alluding to. It's about yeah. your positional sense. You don't have to make tackles. You have to feel, know what holes to fill, just to put pressure on people trying to find those holes to knock him behind centre-halves, in between centre-halves and full And that's what M- Matic's done so well at, you know, at his peak. He was he was yeah. so good at that. You know, when you look at even Declan Rice, very rarely does he get booked. But how many interceptions and tackles he made seem incredible. Yeah. But, but it's about having that art. And, and when you are booked, it's about being disciplined, not to get book again, booked again. The game's it's going to help now. Now they getting rid of all this stuff. they've gone towards helping the game by people diving they're not making it that, that bit easier for them anymore, they're taking that bit away and referees are being clever now and referees don't want to be mugged anymore so um, so it's quite good that now it's going to help genuine players now, genuine people who want to defend as best they can and properly it's going to help their game now Yeah, yeah
0: um, Russ says we don't need a Defensive midfielder, in his opinion, just a midfield that works as a unit. Pete Schmeichel used to run the defence, and Steve Bruce ran the midfield, i.e., controlling in front, so no need to look back. It's a good point, um, but that's I think that's we we've kind of said that, not maybe the in in that kind of way, but yeah, obviously leaders in those areas of the pitch are going to sort of make a big difference, and um, I think Maguire's evolving into one maybe not like Bruce but in his own way with this squad of players Varane can surely only help that um what did you make to the point I made about McTominay do you think he can learn those skills um to become something like a Matic I
1: don't know you look at it now and you know you just wonder you know football isn't we all can go so far but again it's and you know football a lot of it you're 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 born to play football in certain ways and yeah. some you look at players and I just wonder there's only so much you can do and if you're not defence-minded or you just don't see things, then to try and coach someone makes it difficult for them because then you're hoping that then you're kind of as a as a coach or manager, you've got your fingers crossed that he's he's gonna switch on to do it. Certain players can just go bang and do a job. Yeah. And you want them then to do something which is that more important than you might then have to bring someone else in to do that because it comes natural to him. Yeah, if You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tom and I, you, you throw a ball there and you just tell him, go and tackle that ball, go and do it. And he'll do that. He'll just chase it around. When you say to him, stand still, control, see it, just move across, fill that, make sure don't leave a gap in between so everything's in front of you. I don't know if he can do that, if he can be that disciplined because his whole thing is, is to go and get the ball. So he's very, very impetuous every time, bang. In the moment, somebody he doesn't like something. Somebody tackles him and they might hurt him or something. His ne- his next instinct is to to get him back. Like when he done against Newcastle two seasons ago, when he got injured at yeah. home to Newcastle. You know, he he just he, he went he, he lost it. he lost control and he's dived in at somebody. Bang! He got himself injured and he was out for a long period because he's tried to hurt somebody. And then in little bits you have to those central midfield players who are in there. Big, strong, tough, and going in there looking aggressive. They don't work in the game so much now. It's about being controlled and not putting yourself in positions where you're vulnerable to getting the yellow cards. And that's what it needs discipline. If he can be disciplined, then there's a chance, there's an opportunity for him to do it. But I think the moment United can just get in, get that midfield flowing more and get more footballers in there, because the game doesn't need just runners all the time and aggressive players. I think if they were to take one away, and even now you look at the bench and you've got Van, Van der Baek in there, mm. you think to yourself, can you get him on the pitch with Pogba and Fernandes? You think to yourself, well, you know, you've got a midfield there that many, many clubs would dream of. You look at that, you, you think of like Champions League football, you think, wow, that's, that's the midfield of footballers. Van der Beek works so hard without the ball as well. You don't have to be big, strong, and brutal to win the ball. You can just nick it off of people's toes. Just, just, Tommy,
0: Tommy Doherty method. Yeah, you know, McAurie and McElroy you couldn't tackle between them. So
1: yeah, but you just you just nick the ball. But that you know you yeah. look unbelievable midfield. That's all it needs. You don't have to have that. You just have people. But then when when one of them get the ball, they, they 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 get hold of it and they don't want to give it away. They want to keep it. You know, you see they get angry when people give the ball away cheaply. You know, unnecessarily. So that's what you need. And I think if he was to do that, people might might start looking at it and go, wow, look at this midfield here. This is interesting. Manchester United, now we look at them and go, cool, they could win the league. They could do because of that. But then you go away from home in certain games, you think, no, away from home, this is tough in there. And just change it up a bit. That's, yeah. that's all it is. Just maybe just move, that, move the system around a little bit more rather than worrying about moving personnel around really too much
0: options for the first time in a long time instead of it just being... I think that's it's a strange thing to say that, but Varane possibly offers options further up the pitch, not through yeah. not through him, himself doing it, but the fact that he's had him more solidity there. Um, we, we don't know. We don't know, hopefully. Um, mm. You would imagine so, because Ollie I, I think, to be fair to Oli, a lot of people have sort of come down on him and said, oh, he's been too pragmatic at times. I think maybe that's the case. But I think if you look back at any of the managers who have come in post post Fergie or post-David Moyes, really, Van Gaal tried to be ambitious at the start and then realised you've got to protect that defence. And Mourinho, can't, I mean, I'm not saying he was ever attacking, but I think they all had that kind of ambition of just, oh, we'll, we'll be a little bit more ambitious, we'll play one holding midfielder, and it always reverted to two in the end. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. I think Ollie's more ambitious than the pair of those. So, yeah. Um, And he's definitely trying to win games. We've seen a lot of goals, haven't we, like we mentioned earlier. Um, A question before uh, before we move on to the Southampton game, a question from Ben Allen. He says that with crowds back, do you think that teams are going to struggle more away from home? Whereas last year, obviously, they generally improved.
1: Yeah, home form for every team. Every team struggled to play at home, to be perfectly honest. They They found it difficult. But a lot of teams are having joy away from home. You know, not, namely United, it, they had a great but great time, but it ain't going to happen. It's going to be tougher and tougher now to go and win those games. So if United decide this season that they're going to go, they're going to go two 0 behind and keep coming back away from home, it's going to be harder to do that. It's going to be near on impossible to do that. You might get away with it once, but two, three times on the bounce going behind isn't always going to work. So that's something that's been taken away. Their waveform was. was was incredible, but that's not gonna happen again. So um yeah, it's, it's gonna it is gonna change and and you know, and thank God really it is gonna change because that means that there's fans back in the stadium.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting point that you made there. And the other the other consequential point of that is the fact that it has been a couple of years since fans have been well 18 months. So the teams that were playing like two years ago there's like four or five new players in the team so that you actually don't know the chemistry and the dynamic to how they respond Mm -hmm. to audiences, which I know people might say, oh, playing in a crowd's different to, you know, it's nothing too different to training. But it is, because once you've got the atmosphere and the the energy, players react differently. You know, you you talked about McTominay, the perfect example of a player who probably responds to what's happening around him, the noise and everything like that, which is a positive and sometimes a negative. But um, that that's going to be the case for four or five players. You know, we Solskjaer talked about Cavani playing in front of um, a crowd for the first time. You might see a different side to Cavani. But you mentioned Greenwood. Greenwood to have the coolness and composure. He's not. He's played the majority of his United career behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. So how impressive it was to show that kind of um, the cool edge. You know, to be able to sort of let's say, "No, I'm going to make unselfish moves." Um, very difficult to show that kind of composure um, in front of a crowd, which says a lot about him. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I look for Cavani with a the crowd. Then the crowd, and all he needs is just, he gets, he scores that goal, and they'll be, they'll be singing, singing songs yeah. about him. Definitely without a that. You see, Fernandes, you know, they're going, they're going to take to him. what have taken him yeah. already, but it's just, it is going to be about him, just because straight away, first game back at Old Trafford, he scores a hat trick after what he's been doing. Prior to that, during this that period of no crowd, it's just people's prayers are starting to be answered. Yeah. You know, at this moment in time, you couldn't wish for anything better for United to perform like that in the first game at home in front of crowds for so long and it being against Leeds United as well.
0: Yeah. He's uh, tweeted on Saturday, a little bit emotional, but I would stand behind it. Um, I think he's on his way to becoming a legend, but he has to play like that every week. Not only he has to score an hat trick every week, obviously not. But um, that kind of upturn in his performance. He was outstanding, absolutely outstanding, as was Poper. We've already said best performance for the club. Um so Southampton on Saturday, St. Mary's, um, they started well against Everton. And I think overall in the game they actually had more of the ball and and played more passes. But Everton responded in the second half, they came back to win. Um different preparation for them compared to other teams that everyone's looking to build for the season and they've lost two key players on the, the eve of the season, Vestergaard who's caused us a lot of problems in the past Ings who's caused us problems in the past so you would say it's a good time to play them, a lot of people will say, say oh, we beat them 9-0 so we shouldn't be worried but I always say well in the season where we beat Ipswich 9-0, we also lost to them 2-1. <laughs> we had a much better team. So don't judge something on an individual result. They've still got players like Ward-Prowse, Redmond, and like you said, the crowd at St Mary's. We've had a difficult time there in the past. So it could be... I'm still not counting my chickens and saying um, it's definitely going to be a win, but it's a very good time to go and play them, right?
1: Oh, it is. With our, our, after the performance, I'm just a believer in performances and if you get a performance like that, you, you can't wait for your next game, especially being the start of the season as well. For yeah, you, you wish
0: it was on Wednesday,
1: don't you? Really? Yeah, you do. Yeah, without a doubt. They should maybe just get the games in, put, put them in midweek. I don't see you know, having, yeah. you know, you just, you want to play after like that. You want the next game to come quick and to go to, um, go and play Southampton as well. It's going to be their first home game as well. So they're going to be a little bit that way. They're not going to be, want to give in. They're going to, a lot of individual players are going to want to make an impression straight away. So, it's, it's going to be a tough start, but as the saying goes, and as it's been around football for a long, long time, you have to win the battle to win the war. And that's what it's yeah. about when you go away from home. If you can, Everyone can win as many individual battles as possible, and there's a, a great chance you'll end up winning that war. So that's what you have to do. That's how you have to treat in the way game. And the best, the biggest thing you have to overcome when you go away from home, initially, is the crowd. Because the crowd are going to be so anti you and pro their team, the last thing you want to do is that first thing, the first thing that happens with that crowd is you make them miserable by putting the ball in behind them, getting the first corner, getting the first position of um first best the best position of progression to go forward and you earn those right to quieten the crowd. As um the boss always used to say, the biggest problem we had that with that though, quieting the crowd when you're playing the team with Robo or Roy Keane or Paul Ince or Eric. But in fear of the crowd would we'll hate you even more because there'd be one of their big challenges or something and you'd go to yourself go to yourself, oh God, here we go again. So <laughs> it was a it was a, it was a difficult one. A few times it went well for us, other times we, we had to dig dig even deeper to get us, you know, to get ourselves through games away from home. Because mm. you still have to remember that teams virtually have parties in their dressing rooms if they beat Manchester United. Yeah, I,
0: was, I was gonna say I can't remember when you played, especially like ninety-two to ninety-four, and um, when we were playing so well. I can't remember any atmospheres away from one being anything other than a powder keg. Like you said, like you know, one challenge from a robber or a keen and bang, everything would
1: go. Oh, it was it was honestly it was volatile some sometimes. It's amazing that crowds get up for they can't wait for it. Crowds come in there, people mostly turn their way being for to watch. And hope that Manchester United lose, but they wanted to see some of those great players who I was fortunate enough to play with. They wanted, they wanted to see them. And you know, we played Wimbledon. I think um, Wimbledon got a result against us at um, Sellers Park. It was definitely at Sellers Park. It might have been Palace. I don't, I don't remember. Really and all of a sudden, they changed. It. They were going mad. They were banging on the changing room wall and door, and people going past it. You know, and it was a league game. You know, we had, they hadn't beat us in a semi final or anything to get mm. to a final. It was a league game. It wouldn't surprise them if they got beaten in their next game, but it was a big game. It was like when I was at QPR. Um, we won Queens Park Rangers. We we beat Manchester United three two. If I met, I think I'm um, Andy Gray. Andy Gray, Crystal Palace. Andy Gray scored two goals. One of them from a free kick. Trevor Francis came into the dressing room and he, had, he brought he in he bought in bottles of champagne, and I'm sitting there and I got uh, Nigel Spatman, Peter Reid, Kenny Sanson. And we just sat there, Big Alan McDonald, and we kind of all looked at looked at each other and kind of gone, you know, like I said the chairman sent this down, we're kind of going, no, it was a midweek game, we got a game on Saturday, you know, what are we doing that for? You know, I was doing it then. I should have been maybe one of those people jumping up and down, but my way of thinking is that, you know, you know, today's game is like tomorrow's chip paper, really. It was there. Is you know there's another game, you know? and that that was a big big problem. And ironically enough, we had a game on a Saturday. We played Coventry City. We got beat. Did you have any so, of the champagne though? No, no, no. no I couldn't. <laughs> I, couldn't do, I couldn't do it because what you do football's got a funny way of throwing egg in your face. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's
1: the thing about it. And being a Leeds fan because Leeds celebration was absolutely incredible when they scored an equaliser. There was it was. I mean, you said they went absolutely mad, mad then wham, bam, you know, the cameras didn't really pan into him again after that because I think even the cameraman was scared to do it. But, I mean, God, it was just something It was something incred- incredible. Honestly, I thought they'd gone 5-1 up when they when equalised Leeds fans.
0: Wow, oh, they went 5-1 down. Are you confident about United um, at the weekend? I, I, I'm fairly confident. I'm not always one to sort of stick my neck out and say, you know, I think we'll play well. But I just think there's a nice groove around us at the moment. Yeah.
1: It might I've got I've got one I got to say it because it's just me I got one negative bit for me about the whole game and I, which I was disappointed which I I said before I didn't want it to happen I couldn't I would couldn't understand why it would happen but it did happen he never started Sancho. Hmm. I really don't get it. I still couldn't can't, I couldn't believe how long it took to get him on. It was left far too late there was a great time to do it when the um when the fourth goal went in enough time left to go and do it everyone was on a high go and do it and he left it and left it he should he should have started that game yeah
0: would you, you have Sancho on Varane on then on on Saturday Sunday oh, sorry.
1: without a doubt yeah. you know you, you got to do it I think you have to do it to be perfectly honest you can't I, I don't understand the reasons why Sancho you know he's he's, he's English um there isn't any translation problems or anything he's not a million miles away from his family um he played no football over the summer Mm -hmm. not unless not unless not unless missing a penalty takes a lot lot out of you fitness wise because mentally seems a confident boy so i I think he's over that i think away fans are not going to be over it they're going to use that as a way of getting at him but he's got to grow into that and say well that doesn't bother me it's going to make me want to do more and improve my game and if you get him on the park I think there'd be a hundred percent belief in the in, in the team because, like everybody, I was shocked. I could not believe he was starting Daniel James first game in the season. I just, I was shaking my head, and I was still shaking my head that he allowed him to play that long because, to be honest, he was woeful. woeful.
0: Yeah, I thought he was all right. Do you know? It's, it's a funny thing that I I sort of put him at. I did play ratings for the site, and I put him on at seven, and I obviously a little bit of a high because of. The, the performance and the win. I, I thought it was all right, but I, I look at it and I thought, well, he, obviously his attacking output. He didn't really contribute, but I look at the movement again. I'm not saying his movement was particularly clever, but the fact that he was working a lot, and you know, the fact that you had Fernandez and Pogba running the show, that sometimes you need the support act. And, and yeah, maybe I was being absolutely generous with him because we won seven, uh, we won by five. Um, I, I'm with you. Like, by the way, like I definitely say, start Sancho on on Sunday, but um, and we should have brought him on earlier. But I don't know. I just think on that occasion, because it benefit of hindsight, we won. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, we played well, so um, yeah, I, I'm with you. You should definitely,
1: um, definitely play him on. I think you know, for me, if you're gonna do anything, that you'd make two changes. You'd bring in Varane, obviously, for Lindelof. And then you're bringing um, Sancho in for um, Daniel James. Yeah. But then as well, we look at it, and I think everyone knows, every Manchester United fan knows that Onigula has got a um, a soft spot for Lindelof, because we're seeing Lindelof be out with illness and injuries. The moment he's available, he always brought him back. Everyone kept saying, oh, maybe that is going to get a longer run now, Everyone's, he's playing all right, he's going to he's get... The moment Lindelof was fit, bang, he was back. So for him to be left out straight away for Varane, I'm kind of going, yep, I get it, and it has to happen. But I think to myself, there's more to this than meets the eye. Mm. You, Lindelof is just not going to go back, and, and that's it, and just be on the bench. I just think there's, there's a little bit more. Could he could he decide at some games he's going to go free at the back?
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, which, that's a good point. Which I don't it, associate
1: with Manchester United, to be perfectly honest, but we don't yeah. know.
0: It's never worked well. No, um, I can't remember. I can't remember an occasion where it has. Um, mm. He's a good point about Lindelof because he's a confidence player and he, he played all right on sun, on Saturday. I also felt though that it's the kind of game that's made for him to play all right. If there's no one who's going to give him a rough time and he's got a lot of time on the ball, as long as he's not feeling too nervous, like mm. we talked about before, he can he can actually do quite well. And obviously his pass for Fernandez's actual goal was outstanding. Um, and, yeah, you do wonder dropping him. He's a very much a confidence player. Will Dropping mm. him setting him back, so a lot. We don't know, but, I mean, maybe that's the risk that we're going to take for to, to move forward. Maybe, you know, you, you've hit the nail on the head with Ollie. You know, he's a very much um, sort of a trusting kind of guy. We've seen the benefit of that with Luke Shaw. We've seen the benefit of it with Lind- Lindelof. I don't think either of us are completely convinced with him, but we both sort of s- stepped back and said, all right, well, we can see why he's done it. Um, and we've seen the benefit of that because we've had a consistent defence, maybe not always in performance, but the fact that we had four players there mm. for the first time since Sir Alex, um, which I don't think a lot of people value as highly as maybe you or I do. Um, but then I'm a member of the Defenders Union talking to you every week, Paul, so um, I can I can see the point there. Um Right, before we go, we'll obviously be back next week to, to review the Southampton game and, and look at what's like happening in the sort of final week of the transfer window. But um, I want to announce a winner uh, of the competition that we run for the copy of the book, The Sunshine Kids. Um, oh, before we do that, we've got a, a comment from Chin Omso. Would I hope that I pronounced that correctly. Lindelof's aerial limitations weren't challenged by Leeds. The Leeds game was suited to his strengths. Which I think is a fair point, right? Um, that's what... It, both um, agree with that one. Um, yeah, good comment. Cheers for that, mate. Um, yeah, Sunshine Kids copy giveaway. Duncan Quinton um, is the winner. So congratulations. We'll be in touch to arrange delivery of the book. Um, keep subscribing and liking, guys, because we've got a lot of giveaways coming up as well for subscribers. Um, remember TOTD10 as well for a discount with classic football shirts. And if you're listening on the podcast version, again, sorry for the double win at the start there's only one fortunately um if you enjoyed the podcast give it a nice rating or review on apple podcast as well and as i've said at the start and throughout please like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube we will be back next week stay safe stay well and uh, thanks for listening and watching